G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. How often do you think, if only my children could avoid some of the pitfalls awaiting them as they navigate a passage to adulthood? Well, sometimes the best wisdom and understanding are at our fingertips. In the pages of Scripture, from the heart of God and in books like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Well, our next guest has just released his new book, described as 10 years and thousands of hours of research, condensed into 150 pages, dripping with down-to-earth wisdom. Mark Brown has developed a 12-point checklist wanting to see young people filled with purpose and vision. Mark Brown's book is called Live Wise Youth, Aligning for a Life of Purpose and Impact. The book's also sparked the Don't Waste Your Life online challenge series. We'll talk about that shortly. And Mark Brown wants to make the Bible practical, applicable and memorable for every audience. Mark, a special welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's great to be here. Hey, Mark, aligning for a life of purpose and impact, and your focus is on young people, but am I, am I correct in saying that in some sense it's a little bit skewed towards young men? How do you describe the focus of getting this wisdom right? Yeah, I think that would be true, Neil. Um, so there is obviously a focus there on men in the writings of Solomon, but I think certainly the wisdom is applicable to everybody. But in terms of my own heart, um, I particularly have a passion for young men and the challenges that I'm putting together, which are the Don't Waste Your Life challenges, which are based on the book, uh, are particularly aimed at young men because I think they, in our current culture, are the ones that seem to be going through the most struggle and the the whole aspect of uh, wisdom being conveyed to them from their parents, from their grandparents, I think there seems to be um, a, a bit of a void there that they seem to be um, the ones that have been the most affected by that. So, yeah, the goal of the, the book is to, I suppose, bridge that gap in some young men's lives, but also young women's, where they haven't had the wisdom passed on from the generations that they need, just practical things. So, choosing friends, looking after their finance, uh, looking after their health. So it's all based on the wisdom of Solomon. There's nothing new. There's nothing new under the sun, as Solomon said. But it's incredible how his 3,000-year-old advice is so applicable uh, for where we are in our culture today. Hey, just to jump into the deep end early in our conversation, uh, as I was having a bit of a read through early chapters in Proverbs, knowing we would have this conversation today, I couldn't help but notice something pretty important because I thought, yes, there'll be a skewing towards young men here because Solomon seems to be talking to men. Uh, Solomon, as uh, we take him as the writer of uh, those Proverbs, uh, but when he characterizes women, 
couple of very important things, and I'll get your thoughts here, because, uh, yes, there's, uh, there's those women that want to lead a young man astray, and there's some warnings there in those earlier chapters in Proverbs, but wisdom itself is characterized as a woman. Uh, I want your insights here. We're in the deep end early, but uh, what are your thoughts here on women and wisdom and perhaps where a young man in the mix uh, might be choosing between two types? Yeah, it it is interesting. Um, There is a whole chapter uh, in Proverbs where wisdom is personified as a woman, and some have described uh, that description themselves as a description of Christ and that he was there on the day of creation. He was delighting in the, in the sons of men. Uh, he was at the father's side in that whole process. So, um, yeah, I think this, this certainly the, the way Solomon describes women and the, imp- the input of women, obviously his mother um, Bathsheba had a, had a big impact on his life. And Proverbs 31, as everybody knows, the famous chapter on, on the the wife of noble character. So there's there's certainly a bent there, and I think it's more of a cultural bent towards men. But my this is only my uh, my two cents worth. I I wouldn't be surprised if that that woman that was being described there was actually Bathsheba herself, uh, and she may have been the one who um, passed on that that wisdom, but significantly you know the women are such an important part of of the child a general child's life it's interesting that it's often the men uh that are the ones that that children most struggle with in that relationship so personifying wisdom as as a female i think in a way makes makes it a little bit more acceptable like in in my understanding um but I think it, it just, again, shows the value that there are in both. There's, there's wisdom in, in mothers, there's wisdom in fathers. And without either of those, we are gonna, we're going to miss out on, on valuable wisdom imparted to the next generation. Hey, Mark, what do you say to people who, when you're talking about the wisdom of God, uh, the wisdom that we can draw out of the Scriptures, uh, books like, Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, uh, even you know, even talking about the wisdom of Jesus when you're applying that to people's lives. What do you say to people who say all that stuff surely is outdated because we're talking about things that are written two to three thousand years ago? Uh, surely they don't have relevance for today. How do you respond to that? Well, it's it's just the general question. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. We still have mothers and fathers. We still have relationships. Uh, we still have uh, dealings with all the, the different topics that are in my book, whether it's dealing with money, whether it's dealing with mental health, dealing with conflict, um, how to um, overcome situations when, when things don't turn out right, they're going through grief and, and disappointment. So we all have the human experience no matter which generation we've lived in and god's ways and his wisdom um, are intergenerational and then obviously for all time so it matters not whether we were living in solomon's day or today we are going to need god's um, manual for life uh, and obviously solomon had a, a special uh, impartation of wisdom and people were coming from all over the world to hear his wisdom, not not just on practical things, but but also science and and leadership, uh, government, 
And so he, and he had at his disposal everything he could ever want in his quest for wisdom because he was the richest man who ever lived, some say even to this day. Uh, like he was getting billions of dollars worth of gold every year delivered to him. He had everything he wanted in his quest for wisdom. Uh, and he, in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, particularly Ecclesiastes, he did a research topic on that whole issue of wisdom. And therefore, what he has uh, concluded is still very relevant for all generations. It's a fascinating read, isn't it, uh, to read through Proverbs, but uh, even as you say, read through the book of Ecclesiastes and uh, experience the life that Solomon lived and uh, putting God to the test and uh, choosing different things that he hoped would bring him fulfillment. Hey, I mentioned in the introduction that you had uh, condensed some of the things that we're talking about today, some of this wisdom, into 12 points. Roughly run through the, the main ones out of those 12 that you're addressing chapter by chapter in your book so that you know, I'm going to ask listeners to contribute to our conversation shortly around some topics here. But uh, what, are the, what are the 12 things that you've, you've come up with? Yeah, so Neil, this, the start of the book obviously is talking about Solomon's story, where he got his wisdom from. Then it moves on to the fear of God. I've got actually um, minus chapters just to make it a little bit quirky because when we start the checklist, that's obviously point one. Um, and we've got we've got to have some intro chapters. So um, then we go to do, do you know what pleases God? What, what it means to fear God? And then are you humble? And then that's when we start actually in chapter three, which is the first point of the checklist, is how good are your good friends? And then we go on, how do you, um, your ideal attributes of a spouse align with God's? Are you aiming at the right occupation? Do you have a healthy attitude towards money? How are you looking after your mental health? Are you honoring your parents? Do you handle conflict well? Are you overcoming temptation? Are you a good leader? Do you trust God through life's difficulties? And then the final chapter is where to now? So a lot of variety in those topics. Um, and basically the way I collected those, Neil, was I highlighted everything Solomon had to say about each of one of those. And then I condensed that all, concluded from the different things that he said, uh, and then put those conclusions into those chapters, and, and including a story, some of my own life wisdom. So that's how the book came together. We're going to get to your story in a few moments, but when we talk about young men in particular, and it's not just young men, but it's young people, let's include women in here as well, you've identified a purpose and direction deficit particularly in young people today, and uh, people might argue about how that happens, but certainly if you become illiterate around the Bible, you're not going to be getting these sorts of issues of wisdom that you're talking about. How do you describe that purpose and direction deficit, and especially in young men? Yeah, well, that's, that's a good question. I spend a lot of time with young people. I'm a driving instructor at the moment. Uh, has been for the last two years. So I'm pretty much spending all day one-on-one -on -one with young people. And, you know, they're, they're very precious. Um, they, I don't think they're that much different to, to us when, when we were their age, in the sense that they're looking for a purpose, they're looking for meaning. But 
the thing that I think is, is quite different is, is the culture that we're in where there is there's definitely a wisdom deficit. And I think part of the problem with um, what has caused that is that there's, there's been a, a huge increase in brokenness in families. I'm certainly uh, an example of that. My mum my was married twice. My dad was married three times. So when we've got a, a breakdown in the family unit, um, this generational flow of wisdom um, gets broken. And that's, that's where King David says, um, sat Solomon down, this is in uh, chapter four of Proverbs, and said, my son, get wisdom. Um, whatever you do, she's the principal thing. Make sure you get her. She's your life. So there was this um, ongoing um, passage of wisdom through the generations. But with our current uh, culture, with, we've, we've got so many, particularly uh, children growing up without a father. There's around about one in three uh, the American stats uh, don't have a biological father in the home. Uh, there is, of course, there's wisdom from the mother. There's, there's no doubt about that. But there's something that the father imparts that I think uh, creates a void. And I think although the young people are asking similar questions, what, what am I doing here? What's the purpose? I'm concerned about where they're going for those answers. And you talked about Bible illiteracy. And I think that is, that's a huge, huge problem because where do we go for wisdom if we're if most people are just spending all their time uh on screens and and this you know this there's so much information out there are we going to the bible as we used to do are we getting taught uh practical wisdom through the churches through the christian schools uh and if there is not a father figure there where are these uh, young men particularly going to get their advice on some of these important topics and that's where I'm, I'm um, aiming this book and also my online uh, training, which is really just a mentoring tool to, to help father uh, these young men particularly and, and give them some tools for the, the big life decisions that they are, are making at this age group. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to contribute to our conversation today. We're talking about the wisdom of Solomon and how it might be, in fact, applied in a 21st century setting. Our young people, young men, young women. Mark Brown has written a book called Live Wise Youth, Aligning for a Life of Purpose and Impact. Mark, you mentioned your own story, your own family, and uh, it sounded a little bit uh, dysfunctional in the sense of what we might think uh, the the ideal family might be, and that's not to put your family down, but uh, give us some insight here into your own story, which might motivate you to find real wisdom. Yeah, so as I mentioned uh there was a lot of divorce in my family, even in previous generations, which was a little bit unusual uh, back then. And the great news is, and I'll say this right at the beginning, um, I've been married for nearly 27 years, and my two brothers have also been married in the mid-20s um, now, in terms of 23, 27 years marriage. So there was a cycle that was broken, and praise God for that. Um, so... Th- yeah, my upbringing was very disjointed. So mum and dad broke up when I was 10 or 11. Uh, and then 
mum remarried pretty much straight away and then there was another divorce about seven years later there was a blended family in there the blend did not blend uh, and it was a very very difficult situation uh, then my dad remarried further on and, and that again lasted a, a reasonable amount of time but not into the future uh, now I actually ended up getting it and offended at my um, at my father because he had become a Christian after the first divorce and then soon after um, I'd become a Christian as well and I took it on offense because he had divorced my second mum I had three mums and I found that very very difficult particularly as a new Christian um, how he was able to actually articulate that and, and walk through that even though the scriptures were very clear uh, that that was not something that um, that God wanted him to do so I, I did actually struggle with unforgiveness for a number of years and it, and it wasn't uh, until probably the last five years uh, in our relationship before he passed away where I actually was able to work through that to the point where I could uh, receive from him again and and have him in our home as a as a grandfather that was imparting into my children so I think there's a lesson there about unforgiveness as well that we we must always keep a, a soft heart and as Jesus said you know forgive completely from the heart um, so going back to my story why uh, way back when I first became a Christian that now this was maybe three or four years after mum and dad divorced I had a, an encounter with God which I, I can't say I've ever had again it was one of those times that God spoke so clearly it sounded like an audible voice and he said to me to take uh, with him through wisdom so to make wisdom a focus of my life and pretty much from that time onwards I, I was an avid student of the word I ended up going to Bible college for three years but I pretty much read a book of uh, Proverbs either Proverbs Ecclesiastes or Song of Song pretty much every day um, since that time so for the last 35 40 years and to be honest every time I read it I get something new out of it um, and I've based my life around it and hence this book is really a reflection um, of that very clear direction from the Lord to focus on wisdom and as a young man I feel like I needed it and as an older or middle-aged man I still need it very much so. we we all do and uh, for a lot of people because there's 31 chapters in Proverbs uh, they make it a part of a daily reading campaign uh, and go through a passage of Proverbs uh, every day and uh, each month they're basically going through the book of Proverbs hey we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316 Graham is in Orange in New South Wales hi Graham welcome along how are you? Can Very you well. Me? I okay. can, yes. Yeah, great. Yeah, well, I, I've also studied the book of Proverbs particularly, uh, and I've written an article on our, we on our website, nacl.com.au, but it's about the seven pillars of wisdom in Proverbs 9.1, and I've often wondered over the years what are those seven um, pillars of wisdom. And I think, and this is for Mark to uh, discern, because one of them is discernment. There's prudence, discernment, knowledge, discretion, judgment, understanding, and counsel. And the Spirit of the Lord, it says in um, Isaiah 11:2, will rest on Jesus of wisdom and understanding. He'll have that spirit and the spirit of counsel and of might and of knowledge and fear of the Lord. So some of those are tied up in many scriptures. And I just wonder what Paul Mark the comment, because this is very important for young people to have this 
discernment particularly and prudence and not to jump in where angels fear to tread. Good thoughts there, Graham. Let's get a, a thought or two. Mark, what are your thoughts on these seven pillars? Yeah, that's a great a great question. Uh, I think there is, obviously, there's a, a connection there with the sevenfold spirit of God and, and those um, attributes that you named out of Isaiah. I've always thought that there was that connection there. And I think when you look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit as well, there there's a number of crossovers there in terms of discernment, discernment of spirits, uh, knowledge, prophecy, um, some of those more, and, and wisdom, of course. So I think there is a, a there's a flow there and i think uh that yeah young people certainly need to have all all of those uh, we all do because particularly in our current climate there are so many half truths and there's so many things that we particularly need discernment uh and we know through paul's writings in the last days that um there are going to become false teachers and people who tickle our ears and the the key difference between those who are deceived and those who are not is having a love for the truth and so yeah i i can't define clearly what those seven pillars are but i think uh you're on the right track that the way you describe them because um you know it talks about jesus being wisdom from god so the things that characterize jesus uh would definitely be the things that would be characterizing those those pillars as as he is wisdom from god so Fabulous stuff. And uh, Graham, who is Graham McLennan from uh, Orange in New South Wales. And you did mention, Graham, the NACL website, the National Alliance of Christian Leaders. And uh, listeners might want to check out your article there too. Graham, thank you so much for your call today on 2020. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Kay is in Gilgandra in New South Wales. Hi, Kay. Welcome. Hi. I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying the program. Um, for for the for the every month, if you read the chapter of the day of the date, yes, we've done that for years. And my mother used to leave a Bible open, and just before we'd go to school, we'd read a verse. You know, and she used to say, "I'd run out the door," and she'd say, "Get wisdom. It's the principal thing." And I think I've only worked out what she was talking about now. (laughs) (laughs) It does take a little while and uh, the penny eventually drops, doesn't it? Uh, Kay, wonderful thoughts there. And uh, a very quick thought from Mark because we're about to go to news. Uh, Mark, uh, yes, you can align each of those chapters from Proverbs to the calendar. Yes, and that's exactly what I've done. um, And many, many do, as you said. But yes, it is the principal thing. Solomon wasn't silly when he asked for wisdom because he knew when he asked for wisdom, he was going to get all the other things, the, the riches, the, the, the grace, the, um, the long life, all those extra benefits that he talks about. So yes, very wise. Well done, Kay. Well done, Kay. Thank you so much for your call. It is news time. Mark, uh, before we take any more calls, let's come back to your 12-point checklist. Because if we're going to have wisdom, and uh, you know, I think you're being clear here. This is not not just uh, this is not just Mark Brown wisdom. This is biblical wisdom from the pen of Solomon, uh, who's renowned to be the wisest person who ever lived, and will recognise some inspiration from God in his wisdom. But coming back to your twelve point checklist, the things that you have gleaned, these are the things that have become priorities for you to write about in your book. 
Yes, that's right. So the the checklist is also described in the book as a wisdometer. So it's a, a basically a way that the reader can check how they're going in each of the different areas. So whether they're looking at the type of friends that they have, are they a good influence on them? Are they being a good friend to others? So there's a there's a series of questions at the end of each chapter. And the last question says, rate yourself out of 10 as to how well you're going in this particular area. So it might be, uh, are your current friends uh, the sort of friends that have been a good influence on you? Um, it might be with regards to your money. Am I, am I handling my money in a way which is honoring to God? So once they've rated themselves out of 10, they, there's a summary at the back of the book they can put their score in, uh, they can then get a total which they can hopefully over time improve on. And that's, that's the goal is that, you know, we, we, it takes time for, for God's wisdom from his word to actually become applicable in our lives and applied in our lives. And therefore, um, I encourage them in the book every three months to do a little bit of a tally to see how they're going to work on those areas where they've got lower scores so that they can be more re uh, well-rounded in the wisdom and the practical wisdom for life. But my goal in the book, really, if there was uh, one goal, obviously it's to draw people to Jesus, who is wisdom from God, but it's to get a love for wisdom. And Solomon describes wisdom as, as honey. Um, and if you find it, you know, it's sweet to your soul. And I'm not sure if any of the listeners can, can sort of... Um, yeah, get get that sense at times when you're reading God's word. It's just like it's just dripping life and wisdom, and and it's something that I'm not sure whether you felt this, but it's almost satisfies your soul. It's it's something that replenishes you on the inside. And if I can impart that to to young people, I, I feel like I'm teaching them how to fish, and they'll be they'll be able to supply. Uh, their needs through God's wisdom and through that relationship with him for the rest of their lives. Funny thing, isn't it, Mark? When we think about the wisdom of God, some people immediately go to the thought that, oh, there must be a list of don'ts. Don't do this. Don't do that. Ah, yes, heard it all before. But interesting, as you describe uh, the way that we can read in the Scriptures, wisdom like honey, so sweet to the soul, and you've talked about friends, um, the friends, the company that you keep. I'm just looking at some of that wisdom now from uh, from Proverbs. Um, my son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. There's a don't, isn't it? Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verses 10 uh, through 16. The principle has another side too. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So you've got this choice. You've got the choice, the harmful side, and you've got the choice, which is that sweet-to-the-soul wisdom. So we're not talking about a list of bad don'ts here. Uh, the wisdom of God, as you say, is very, very pleasant. It, it is pleasant, and um, I think that's probably true about people's general view of religion. They they see the church or Christianity as, as a list of do's and don'ts. Um, but as Solomon concluded at the end of all of his study for wisdom, uh, that it is about fearing God. It's about a relationship. It's about um, learning what pleases God, the things that he enjoys, and when you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship of 
wanting to please him. And when we read his word, that's that's how we understand what he's like, his character, as he relates to different people in the word. But through Proverbs, there's, there's, there are a lot of um, very short, pithy sayings, which are very easy to commit to memory. But as you read through, there's a lot of things that God likes and that he dislikes. Uh, and I talk about that in the early parts of the book. And so really, as we as we grow in wisdom, we're actually growing in understanding God and what he likes, what he dislikes, how to please him. And so it's not so much a, a, a list of do's and don'ts. It's more a, a relationship of, of, of walking. And, and, and Solomon so many times talks about our journey in life being a walk um, and a journey that we're on. We're staying on the path of wisdom, the path of righteousness um, and not getting sidetracked from um, from walking in God's ways. I mean, there's so many distractions there that can do that, particularly in our current world. Um, so, yes, totally agree. There's, there's definitely do's and don'ts, but it's more um, focused on the relationship. Mark, you mentioned fathers, and, you know, we've got this scenario in Australia, haven't we? And uh, it's probably a little bit similar to some of the statistics that you quoted from the US, but uh, sometimes people describe Australia as a, a land of an absent father. Uh, we've got uh, divorce rates that have been significant. Uh, we've got, you know, marriages and remarriages and blended families and and we hope that the wisdom for living our lives, navigating into adulthood, comes through a father. But it doesn't always work that way for a lot of single parent families. Uh, you mentioned uh, your own situation, uh, your own father and your relationship there. Um, and you've got your challenges that you, in some ways can never make up for a, the great wisdom of a father, but they offer some wisdom here. So take us into these challenges, a three-day challenge, a 14-day challenge. How do they work? Yeah, so the challenges really are a way of me connecting um, more intimately with those who are reading the book. So the three-day is really just a, an appetite wetter for the 14 day so the three day we we look at um just two of the key uh, checklist points whereas the 14 day is obviously goes through every single one of the 12 um, plus an intro um few days as well so the challenge is a, a 30 minute zoom call every day and that's a consecutive 14 days which is which is the bigger one the the aim is to build relationship uh with the, the young people, but also for the young people to, to build relationship with each other and to have that, uh, that opportunity to share their own stories, to share their own journey, uh, and obviously the, the impact that their uh, parents, their family has had on them. Um, it's aimed at Christians, so they need to be uh, young people who have an understanding of God's word and a desire to apply God's word. Uh, my goal for the, the challenges is firstly to get them to read the book, uh, get them to read Proverbs at the same time. So they, they've got homework to do where they read a chapter of the book, they read a chapter of Proverbs. Uh, there's questions that they need to write down. I give them a journal. I'm very much into journaling, I'm getting them to hear the voice of God themselves. So to writing down what God's saying to them as they're working through the book, but also, um, yeah, just encouraging them to say, Lord, what are you saying to me about this area, about my current situation, the, you know, the way I'm dealing with this from a mental health point of view or the number of friends I've got, the type of friends I've got, um, how did I handle this disappointment? 
So it's it's getting very much uh, practically involved in in the process of working through the book. But I also want them to experience the the Father Heart of God. So uh, I've only run one of these, so it's it's very early days. But my goal is to to actually uh, invite. Uh, the Holy Spirit to be involved in in speaking to them. I, I play the guitar as well, and I'd, the the goal is to have a worship um, element in that half an hour, where we allow the Holy Spirit to uh, to to bring healing to some of those uh, father wounds in our lives. I know I certainly had issues that I had to work through with my father, um, and I think when we open our hearts to the Heavenly Father, that the Father of Lights, uh, He is able to bring um, that restoration and, and that um, conviction and, and lead us so that we can be whole people, that we can um, be people who, who, when we move into uh, our own families, that these young people, that they would come in in a place of wholeness rather than having all this baggage that they're taking into this the new family that they're, they're forming. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. James is in Kyabram in Victoria. Hi, James. Welcome. G'day, Neil. G'day. Um, the uh, other speaker, sorry, I didn't... That's Mark. Mark. Sorry, Mark. That's all I right. I totally agree with... What, with hey, Mark. totally agree with what you're saying about Proverbs. I read through Proverbs 40 times 30 years ago and randomly since and, you know, know the other scriptures that wisdom cries out in the street and... Um, those who win souls are wise. I've been calling on God for years. But one thing I, I do know that's really helped me along my life as a Christian is the Christian movies, the Apostle Paul, the Peter, you know, Courageous, that movie, even some true life stories, even some secular, if God guides you to take it. I, I watched one the other day called Richard Jewell. So glad I watched it. A friend's going to come around and watch it with me because it's something that impact has impacted his life. And I uh, really got... Uh, uh, an understanding from it that you know that helped me in my prayer my intercessory but yeah movies because we're not walking with jesus every day you can spend 30 minutes talking to someone but the rest of the day what are they doing if they if they can see encapsulate get a nugget out of a film that can carry them for some time because you can read the scriptures read the scriptures read the scriptures like i'm reading proverbs now and i can't believe some of the stuff that i'm getting out of it things i'm discovering in it but I really, I'm so grateful that God is all in all and he's behind those people who were inspired to write some of these stories. Even sexual, sex, secular ones can have such an uh, a, a underlying um, moral point that you think, you're going to think it's crazy. I watched this one, Planet of the Apes. Now, there's such an address on the whole human race there that you know people say, oh, that's ridiculous. I don't believe in man walking apes. I don't believe in them either, but... There's, there's a thing there that they... And even other films are watched on honour. Honour's not talked about a lot in society anymore. Um, and, and I've watched some films on it and just thought, God, if only we could really grasp the depths of the, of the need of honour in our society, honouring the aged, honouring uh, the, the, the people in our own family, our church. Um, and, and you can read it, but... It just helps to see that visual for me. That's maybe more my learning. James, really, actually, very important points you're making here. First of all, uh, your early reading of Proverbs has helped shaped your, shape your own understanding of wisdom. Uh, therefore, yeah. being able to discern what you're seeing in a film. And uh, sometimes you might be thinking, and I'll get Mark's thoughts on this too, and, uh, and for you, James, but... 
But the thought that, like you're saying, there's you get to get a transplant of the wisdom of God uh, for the wisdom of this world. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Mark, for for James? Yeah, I totally agree, James. I, I there are certain movies that God speaks to me uh, very strongly about, and they may not necessarily be a Christian movie. Obviously, I'm very selective in what I watch, but um, there are themes. I mean, obviously, you know, God is, as you said, He um, pervades all creation um and there's there's different things that we can learn through as solomon did through watching through observing um i mean he looked at the ants and he he learned a lot about um being fastidious and, and studious and, and storing up um when we watch certain movies uh, we've got to be open obviously we've got to be wise about the sort of movies we watch but um i've had some some real um revelations i i suppose as i've watched certain movies and i, I certainly gravitate towards the christian uh, movies because they've they've already had lots of prayer put into them in that regard but i totally agree and and i think uh, as you read solomon's there's so much of what um solomon um brings is is from everyday life it's from the things that he's observed and watched and obviously he wouldn't have had movies in those days but the principle's the same James, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316, taking calls, talking about wisdom today. Let's take another call. David is in Coonabarabran in New South Wales. Hi, David. Oh, yes. Good morning, Neil. Uh, good morning, Mark. Um, morning. I, uh, I really didn't feel like making this call, but um, if I can save some younger person, young woman, young man out there some serious pain, um, that's a blessing. I... I um, uh, went through some suffering um, when I tried to invest, if that's the right word, to use some a significant amount of money for me on uh, a cryptocurrency platform, and um, and uh, you know I could have bought a good car out of that sort of money that I lost. And um, anyway, as I you know the, the suffering I went through after that, and as I um, just wrestled with how I went about making the the foolish decision, and and just and I really asked. I guess I was asking. Well, I asked God, why, why did this happen to me? And um, and uh, I, I was blessed with an admonishment: you haven't read the book of Proverbs. And um, as your guest would surely know, there's you know the Proverbs. Yep. There's at least one, if not a number of verses that um, speak um, seriously warn against uh, trying to get rich quick. Um, but but moreover, more than that, um, as a young man, um, had I read and studied through the book of Proverbs, you know, I could have saved myself a lot of pain um, from from making um, wrong moral decisions and just the warnings and um, uh, about uh, around sexuality. Um, can save so people true. from a lot of pain. David, David honour to you and uh, thanks so much for having the courage to call and uh, put in your two bobs, which is a personal reflection around money, around relationships. Uh, your thoughts for David, Mark? Yeah, thanks for that, David. It's so true. Um, my biggest chapter in this book is on uh, handling of money and wealth and it is a huge topic. We know that Jesus spoke so much about it. Uh, but yeah, we can avoid so many of the pitfalls if we are constantly bathing in that wisdom. And, and I mean, part of the wisdom that Solomon offers is to get advice from others. Um, in the many counsellors, there's wisdom. So it's good. If we're going to make a big decision like that, for instance, we need to say, well, let me ask a few people around me to say, um, what, what are their thoughts? Is this a good idea? And that we might be missing something. And so that's just a 
it's just a little tiny aspect of, of wisdom and getting um, advice from others. But thank you for, for being willing to share your heart, David. It's so true. David in Coonabarra Brand, thanks so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. Still a few moments, uh, although we're getting close to uh, putting, uh, bringing all these loose ends together. Hey, let me just come to something really important here, Mark. I mean, for some of us, hearing a conversation like this, understanding that there is wisdom from God uh, that is applied in practical ways that is timeless uh, through books like Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, uh, coming from the pen of Solomon. Uh, Some of us, this is like revelation that I need to get myself on track. But what about parents in all of this? How do we get our kids on a path to godly wisdom? What do you say to parents about about their teenagers here and how do you get them off the path they're on and onto a good path? Yeah, well, I suppose it all starts in the home, Neil, and and forming good habits um, and modelling. Obviously, um, putting God's word at the centre. We we always, as we um, had our children growing up, had the, the scriptures at the table. We actually would go through a proverb uh, a day at different times. Uh, we would memorise scripture together at times. Uh, we'd read stories, um, as I think um, James was saying, um, of people who. Uh, had walked with the Lord and had learned lessons through their journey. But, yeah, I think the Word of God is something that we really need to uh, instill as a focus. And obviously Christian schools can help in that. Uh, Church youth groups can help in that. But I think being available for our children, being available to to be sounding boards for them. Uh, Driving is a great, great thing. If you've got kids that are learning, to drive, you've got a one-on-one opportunity to be with your child for an hour, um, and particularly young guys, they're not looking. You're not looking at each other. You can talk about more awkward things and not actually need to look at each other. Um, so they need to know that you're available. They need to know that you're there. If you're in a situation where you don't have um, a father figure in the home, then that's where the church really has an opportunity to um, to to be involved in mentoring, having opportunities for other men to come alongside families and, and provide that father-like uh, figure. Well, from time to time, churches will have series where they're talking about uh, wisdom and they'll be reflecting on Proverbs. They'll be reflecting on Solomon. Sometimes the timing doesn't always fit with our needs and having a book on our bookshelf uh, where we can actually examine and explore some of these things in a little more depth. Perhaps we're even not confident enough just picking up the Bible and reading through the book of Proverbs. But I think as those listeners who've called in and, uh, and they've said you can read a chapter a day and just align the chapters with the date on your calendar and you'll get a very good smattering of fabulous wisdom that comes from the book of Proverbs. For those who want to get in a little bit deeper or you're thinking, I need a little extra help in this, you might want to connect with Mark Brown. You might want to get a hold of Mark's book. It's called Live Wise Youth, Aligning for a Life of Purpose and Impact. The book has also sparked the Don't Waste Your Life online challenges series. And now there's a three-day challenge and there's also the 14-day challenge. Uh, You'll be able to get some detail when you're connecting with Mark Brown on his website. Let me give the website to connect. It's livewiseyouth.com. Livewiseyouth.com. 
And Mark, I want to say uh, congratulations on getting the book out and uh, thanks so much for delivering some great wisdom today as you're pointing people back to Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and the wisdom of God, which means, and I'll just get your thought on on this just as we're closing, Mark, uh, even when you're young, even when you're a child and you're able to access the wisdom of God. It puts you way ahead of the person who's even old but has never accessed the, pers- the wisdom of God. Any thoughts on, on the fact of age being doesn't matter in this case of wisdom? You're, you're right. I mean, obviously there's wisdom in the aged, but uh, if young people get stuck into God's word and they, they have a love and a, a passion for it, it will not be long before they um, have that wisdom. And, and Solomon said, it's make, it makes me wiser than all of my teachers. Um, so it's just a matter of being studious and, and focusing on the right things and not being distracted. This, that's the problem. There's so many distractions, but we want to focus on the things that, that are important, that are eternal, and God's Word um, is certainly that. The website is livewiseyouth.com. Mark Brown, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts, your heart, and your wisdom with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.